us all to come into. To every word that's in here that's for us as a church, meaning the body of Christ, not just this family, but every family, every promise in here is a yes and an amen. And I don't know about you, but I'm not settling until everything that's in this book is my reality. Why would you want to settle for anything less than what our Heavenly Father, the Creator of the Earth, has said is possible? You've got, a little, you've got to be a little bit crazy to follow Christ. You've got to be a little bit daring. You've got to dare to believe that all things are possible. It's dangerous following Jesus. You get killed following Jesus. You get persecuted. You get defiled. Your name, your character can be called upon into question. If you truly follow Christ, if you want to be a man, a woman, a child of truth, it's dangerous because He'll call you to believe all things. He'll call you into the impossible. He'll call you into things that aren't and He'll make them that are. The Bible says He calls the dead things to life. So the things that the natural look at, He'll call those things and call them out into life. So you've got to be crazy, you've got to be a little bit edgy, you've got to be a little bit outside of the box if you truly want to follow and hear the call of come follow me. Amen. And I've put up on here, born again sons walk by faith in Jesus Christ. Paul said this, he said, I no longer live for myself. He said, I tried that, it wasn't too good. So I no longer live for me and what I want. But now I live, I've found a person that's worth living for. I've found something far greater than me and my dreams and my plans. I found the creator and I found the reason why I was created. So I found the creator and I found the creator's plans and purposes and how my life fits into that. He said, I no longer live. The life I live in the flesh, I choose to live by faith. In the Word of God, the Word that was, that is, that will always be, I choose to now live following Him, allowing Him to do a deep work in me, changing me, transforming me, rearranging me for the things that I thought were, I've realized they're not. The things I thought brought life, I realized don't. And there's only life, and it's found in this person called Jesus, the Word, the truth. Hence, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But you've got to be a little bit crazy, a little bit daring, a little bit risky, a little bit outside the norm if you want to experience the fullness of life. God said during the week, he said, Greg, he said, I want you to continue in love to challenge the status quo of what has been taught, believed, and accepted in my body. I want you to continue, son, to con- turning it up on its head that my people can come into the fullness of life, the confidence that is available in Christ. This isn't to be something that is, I don't know, it's a 50-50 call. This is to be something that we have 100% conviction of and know. Does that sound like a full gospel? Does that sound like a powerful gospel? Does that sound like building your life upon someone you can know? 
Not like, oh, I don't know whether he's going to come through. I don't know if, or I better just get an insurance policy just in case. I better have a plan B just in case plan A doesn't come through. You know, they didn't have a plan B. They only had a plan A. His name was Jesus. And Paul Peter said this. He said, you know what? He said, it doesn't matter how bad it gets. He said, where are we going to go? There ain't no plan B, C, D, E. There are no insurance policies. It's you. You hold the answers to life. And so because you are the one of life, I have to live by my knowledge of you. I have to come into the true knowledge, the true faith of you so I can walk in accordance to the way you want me to walk. And he says the same thing to you and I. So, Born again sons, because that's what we've been looking at. Yes, who's enjoying this whole diet that God's got us on? Looking at what it means to be born again, to be born of the spirit realm. Eat, walk, live from the spirit realm, so you can enjoy the fullness, the abundance of life. No lack in the spirit. There's only lack in the flesh realm. There's only lack in the natural. In God, it's an abundance of food that's on the table. There's an abundance of life in Christ. That's why all wisdom and treasures are contained within the Christ, Colossians 2.2. 2. That's why he says, set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth, because the abundance is in the eternal, the spiritual, not on the things of the earth. Don't be earthy, even though we are born of the earth. Don't be a person of the earth, be a person of the eternal. Receive, even though you live on earth, your food from the eternal, because that is the life that lasts. The life of the temple perishes. Jesus said, do not work for food that perishes. So we need to be a people, a family, sons, children of God that walk by this thing called faith. So we need to know what biblical faith is. Is that right? right. Not our version of it. Not what we think it is. But we need to know what it actually is according to what God says not according to what I say, you say, someone else says. So we need the Holy Spirit to reveal to us and in us and through us what true biblical faith is, because Paul, Peter said, we're going to live by faith in a person. Powerful, simple, but profoundly deep. So let's come with me to Hebrews 11, verses... 11. Hebrews 11, 11. 11, 11. Anyone seen that ad? It's a real laugh. These two Scottish guys are in an elevator. And they jump in and they say, and Kevin comes on the antenna, what floor would you like? 11. And they're like, pardon, can you please repeat that? I can't understand you. 11. And they spend the whole time in the elevator because the American lady on the voice activator can't understand their accent. It's quite a laugh. Go have a look at it if you I've got a warped sense of humor like me. <laughs> All right. Hebrews 11, 11 says this. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who had promised 
There's so much that I want to read today, but I want to start here for a minute. I want to get my pen out. By faith. Okay? So the Bible says that faith is the substance, this is the New King James, of things hoped for, the evidence, sorry that's an I, (laughs) evidence of things unseen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. You see, faith has its foundation in the Word of God. Everything has its foundation in something. You and I are to have our foundations built on Christ, yes? And Christ is the Word. If you don't have the wrong foundation, you're in trouble. Because when pressures and tests come, which we're going to look at today, when Abraham was tested, because his foundation was Christ, the Word, he was able to hand over his son. wasn't a challenge either. And we're going to look at that. It was just a natural expression of faith. That's what we're going to unpack today because we've probably been taught, wow, how amazing the amount of, oh, that goes into that. And wow, he was such a man of, oh, no. Now he was a man of faith, so he went, sure. Because he knew. He had a knowledge of something. Why? Because faith has its foundation in the word. Faith has its foundation in what already is. Whether it's written or whether it's spoken. Faith has its anchor in that. What already is. You see, it's never in question when you know what already is. Jesus said it's finished, it's done. It's been finished from the beginning of time. Why are you doubting when it's already completed? The reason why you don't doubt or you do doubt is because you can't see what's in the unseen. When you can see what's in the unseen, there's no doubt. Faith and obedience follow. It's awesome. And we're going to turn faith up on its head again today. And I'm going to present to you what I believe with every conviction of my heart is true biblical faith that God would want you and I to live from because it creates confidence. It creates an assurance, a substance. What substance? You can touch substance, can't you? It's something tangible, isn't it? See, evidence, they convict people on evidence, don't don't they? Is is evidence this thing that no one sees, or do they present the evidence in a court case which gets someone sentenced? So the evidence, the thing that is, the thing that is present, you can see, it's substance, you can touch it. People make decisions based upon it. Someone is convicted because of the evidence that is presented in a court of law, Yes? So you and I can make decisions upon the evidence that is presented before us, yes? If you know what's presented before you. Because you can see 
the unseen. Because how many people know you need eyes to see the evidence that creates faith, that creates obedience in Jesus Christ? Yeah? So, what does the Bible say? Where does faith come from, guys? So, faith... comes through hearing. Hearing what? Hearing God's word. Which once again, as Paul is saying, is a living word. It's a revealed word. Jesus was living. He was active. The word became flesh. So it's not just words on a page that you build your life upon. It's a person that's revealing himself through a book. So faith, the true substance, biblical faith, comes through the ability to hear. Why Jesus spent a lot of his time saying, church, those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Do you have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying? Because you can miss it. The disciples were missing it all the time, and yet he was standing right in front of them, having conversations with them, and he was speaking in a plain language that they understood intellectually, but didn't have any concept of spiritually. Why? Because born-again sons walk by the Spirit, faith in Jesus, not by the flesh. So it's fully possible for you to miss everything I'm telling you today. And it's fully possible for you to hear everything I want to say with you today. And if you can hear what I'm saying, it'll set you free if you receive it by faith, accept it, and it'll perform a work in you. That's the purpose of the Word of God. So faith comes through the ability to hear in the Spirit, but not anything, the living Word. Can you see why now faith has its foundation in God's Word? Its anchor is God's Word. It tells you faith is produced if you have the ability to hear God's word. What is faith? Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, that's an I, I can spell, of things unseen. I'm going to write it this way, and I hope this will help you, because this is what he gave me. So this is not in the Bible, but this is my version my words put to this. This is what you want to meditate on through my meditation and revelation. This is what he said. Faith is the substance, the evidence of the true Knowledge of God, a true knowledge of God, one has in accordance to what is written. Or spoken, running out of room, by God, that is unseen. 
Faith is the substance, the evidence of the true knowledge of God one has. In accordance to what? what in accordance to what is written or spoken by God that is unseen. Does that make sense intellectually? See, it's not this wishy-washy thing. It's not something I hope God's going to come through for me. It's an absolute knowledge. And that absolute knowledge is the evidence. Faith is the evidence of things that God has already done. So I've received it. I don't have to make anything happen. We talk in languages, we've, we've got to do this, and we've got to do that, and we've got to do this. and we, No, you have to receive what already is and then just live. It's a un, you've got to be unwound to what you, some of the things we've been taught have actually led us astray. They've led us into human striving works. This, I believe, is true biblical faith. It is the substance, the evidence of the true knowledge of God that a person has. Not the false knowledge. You can have false knowledge. It's your knowledge of God thinking it's actually the true knowledge, but it doesn't bring you life. So faith is the substance, the evidence of the true knowledge of God that one has in accordance to what? The Word. Where is faith find its foundation? In the Word. So if we have the Word in us, we're going to have faith. Faith is the knowledge of God. What in alignment to, to what is written or spoken by God, it is written, 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 it is spoken, it is spoken, it is spoken, it is spoken. So it is. But it's unseen to the natural, but seen in the spiritual. So I'm actually eating from what is unseen, where someone else wonders why they're not in it, because it's unseen. But to those who are of faith, of the substance, of the evidence, it's seen, it's realized. Man, he said I was a son. I've realized that I'm going to live as one. I'm no longer going, am I a son? Am I not a son? Oh, my insecurity. No, I'm a son. So the revelation of the knowledge of sonship, which is so powerful because the word is powerful, living, active, sharper than a double-edged sword, isn't it? Didn't it create creation? Didn't it create you and I? So if I receive that, then I've got evidence of being a son, which means on the conviction of evidence, I live as a son. There's no longer questioning doubt, toing and froing. It just is. So I want you to <laughs> try and remember what I just said and look at this as we go through these scriptures, okay? Because what I'm saying here is here. It's incredible, all right? So let's go back to Hebrews 11, 11. So by faith, okay? By faith, by the substance, the evidence of the true knowledge of God one has in accordance to what is written or spoken by God that is unseen, you ready? By that, Sarah herself received ability to conceive. There's that key word again, receive. Oh, there we go. Learning, operating systems of true sons is what? Receiving. Is it learning what's in the unseen? Or is it receiving? Is it human striving, trying to understand through the intellect that she came into this? Or was it by faith, what I just said, receiving it through the power of the word? So how are you and I receiving the word? Because it's going to determine the faith you are and in. 
Okay, so by faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even before the proper time of life. Don't you love that? <laughs> before the proper time. What's proper time in God? God's outside of time. There's no proper time in my time. I, I can break time. I can break the law of physics. I can stop the sun if I want. I can hold it. I created it. I can do anything. I told you, you've got to be a little bit crazy. Do you believe what you read? Do you believe what you eat? I'm going to dare you today to believe what is possible in God. These guys came into it. Okay, so even before the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Do you consider him faithful? Who had promised. So he promised Abraham and Sarah something, didn't he? What did he promise them? A son. How old were they? 190, before the proper time. But God says, I don't care. I don't care if you're 250. I don't care whether you're 500. What I say happens. And because I've spoken it, it's written, it's going to happen. So do you believe? Have you got faith? Have you got the evidence of what I just said living in you? Have you got the substance, Abraham, Sarah, of what I said living in you? Do you believe that I can do all things? Do you have faith? It says she did because it says by faith. She received what already had been spoken. And God had promised it. All your promises are yes and amen. You see, we sing it. Do we believe it? Therefore, sorry, therefore there was born even one man who him as good as dead at that as many descendants, so this is talking about Abraham, as the stars of heaven in number and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Therefore there was born even of one man and him as good as dead at that. So he's a hundred, but there was born a man, Isaac, even though Abraham was as good as dead, a hundred, as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Verse 13, this gets so cool. All these died in faith. Okay, who are we talking about? The people of Hebrews 11. The people of faith. This is why it's all about the great people of great faith. So let's read. All these people died in the substance, the evidence of the true knowledge of God that they had in accordance to what was written or spoken to them by God, things that were unseen. See, it's a full, confident position in God. It's not this, oh no, oh no, I better have a few chips over here, and I better have a tube chips over here, and I better have something over here. It's all or nothing. It's plan A all the way, no matter what happens. Why? Because of the word that's living within me, the evidence of God that I have. Why am I going to trust in me when I can trust in him? The only reason you trust in you is because you don't yet know him well enough to trust in him. But you can if you're prepared to seek him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength because the promises those that do will find me. 
So he's not a liar. He only tells the truth. He's awesome. You can bank your eternity on him. You can bank everything on him. All these died of faith, here we go, look, without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance. Hold on a minute. Didn't Abraham receive the promise? Didn't he receive the son? So why does it say without receiving promises? Well, how about this? Yeah, but how about this? There's eternal promises and there's temporal promises. So the promises are not just now, they're future. So he received the promise for the now. You got the land you entered into. You got the boy. But guess what? There's a promise to sit beside me on my throne. You see, you haven't got that yet because you're on the earth. That happens in eternity, but you've received it. Look, they welcomed it having seen them. They saw what was in the future, in the unseen, and brought it down to the earth and lived in accordance to a promise that is eternal. Why? Because they had the evidence, the knowledge of God. Are you tracking with me? This is powerful. You've got to track this. Go back and eat it again over and over and over because if you can catch this, your whole life will be radically shifted. I promise you, if you get a reveal position of what I'm saying today, your whole life will be radically altered. Questions you ask will be answered in a heart, but you'll have such a power in you that you'll go, man, what was I doing? What have I been doing in my life as a follower of Jesus? If you capture what I'm saying through Revelation, how can you see promises that are in the future? Because you're people of the Spirit. And because you're people of faith. You see, the knowledge of God brings the reality of the future. That's why knowing Christ is the most important thing any person on the planet can do. That is the purpose for the church, to know God, to love God. You only need one purpose. Out of that come all the purposes. But it's too simple. We miss it because we think we've been taught we've got to do this, we've got to reach the lost, we've got to prophesy, we've got to do this, we've got to do this. All the list of the things to do. But it all comes through the true knowledge of God. So all you need to do is get to know God and you'll have everything you've ever asked for. And that's the truth. But you know, it's missed by many because it's just too simple. But I know God. Well, do you look like Paul? Do you look like Peter? Are you laying your life down? Have you given your life over? Because that's what the knowledge of God will do because you start seeing and receiving things that are incredible promises that aren't seen in the natural but are seen in the spiritual and they are received, they are welcomed from afar So not only are you getting the promises for this life now on earth, you are receiving the promises for your eternity. And it's all now. I hope you can hear in the spirit what I just said and receive it. Okay, I'm going to keep reading because this just gets better and better and better. Doesn't that sound like God? See, they welcomed them from a distance and having confessed, here we go, that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. You know what happens when you receive the promises of God, the word of the Lord? You start confessing that you're not of the earth. 
You start confessing and realizing that you're not born for the earth, you're only here to serve it. You start realizing who you are, who God is, the purpose of God, the plan of God, the purpose for your life as the church. You start coming alive to the realities and you start saying this, man, I'm a stranger, I'm an exile on the earth, I'm an alien. Oh, look at that, this is what it says in his word. Your reality starts to line up with what's here. You start saying things, discovering they're already written. Oh, I didn't even know that was in there. And it's come from the revelation of the Word of God in you. And you're like, man, look, this is actually who I am now. Do you confess that you're a stranger and an exile on the earth? See, what happens is when you start seeing the Word of God, you start getting the knowledge of God, the evidence of God, the substance of God that is written down and already spoken, everything starts to change for the good. You start coming alive. It can't contain this thing. You're not supposed to be able to contain it because you're a vessel that I'm going to fill up and up and up. And you're never going to run dry. You're never going to be hungry. You're never going to be thirsty. John 6, 35, those who come to me will never go hungry. They'll never thirst. You'll have a constant thirst, a constant hunger for me. Who is me? The Word of God. How does the Word come? Through the ability to hear So what is faith again? Faith is the substance, the evidence of the true knowledge of God one has in accordance to what's already written and spoken by God that's unseen. It is not this wishy-washy thing, I hope Jesus gets me through. That's where you're trusting in him. But you are yet to experience a faith that goes, I know. I absolutely, 100% know. And I step out onto that. Can you hear the difference between the two? One is absolute boldness, isn't it? One's absolute courageous courage because of the knowledge of God, the word of God that I hold to. These people were seeing things, calling themselves exiles. Listen to this. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. New Zealand is not your home. England is not my home. America, South Africa, Arabia, wherever you may find yourself from is not your home. If it is, you need to allow the Word of God to unanchor you from the world because this is your home. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had the opportunity to return. You hear what he's saying? If you're constantly looking back at where you think you're from, you'll return there. You'll go back there. And you'll live there again. But listen, it says, but as it is, they desire a better country. A heavenly country. And that's real. That's not abstract. That's real. Do you desire a better country than this country? This country is incredible, isn't it? Compared to other countries, if you traveled, you see how incredible this country is. It's unbelievably wealthy. It's a beautiful country. When you go to Cambodia and you see the poverty, go to Mexico, go to India, see the poverty, this country is like unbelievable. Yet we still whinge and moan. Why is that? Because you're looking back. Because you don't yet know who you really are. 
Because we're still looking at the earth. We're still looking at Egypt going, man, it was better in Egypt. I know we were getting beaten up by Pharaoh. I know we were making bricks and mortar. We didn't have any of that stuff. And he was full. But that was better than where we're going. Yeah, it is if you can't see it. Man will always go back to what he knows. Man will always live his life from what he sees. And that's why you and I have been given the Holy Spirit to see the unseen and to live in accordance to what is absolutely seen in the kingdom of God. And these men and women, it says, they all by faith lived on the earth. So by their what? Substance, the evidence of the true knowledge of God that they had, to the revealed measure that they had, in accordance to what was already written. Remember, it's already been sorted, hasn't it? We're just discovering what already is. It's going to mess some of us up a little bit. He said, turn it up on its head. Challenge the status quo. Because it's holding everyone back. See, our wrong mindsets hold us back. His mindset brings life. Abundant life. Okay? The things written and spoken of by God that are unseen. These people are seeing things, receiving things. So they receive the promises in the now. Abraham, Sarah had the boy. But he also received the city, didn't he? What does verse 10 say? He was looking for what? The city that was being built by God. Not with human hands. The bride of Christ. He saw her coming. You realize you get the revelation of the bride, your whole world will change. The love that the Father has for his bride. Receive it by the power of God. You'll fall in love overnight. Things will shift in your world. You'll go, oh my goodness. You'll cry. You'll weep. You'll scream. You'll dance. You'll sing. You'll give. You'll lay it all down. Has this been right in front of me and I couldn't see it? That's right. Put your glasses on, Greg, and you can see. You take your glasses off. It all looks blurry. But put your glasses Oh, my goodness. It's right in front of me. It's been there the whole time. Why have I been looking over here? God, must be over there. He's going, back over here. No, 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 not that thing. I had to look at that. No, over here. You're all laughing because you know you do it. Like me. What's right in front of you, we miss. Don't we? Why? Because as Paul said, I'm so afraid that you've been led astray in your mind from the simplicity and the purity of the devotion, the true relationship, the true knowledge of God. Not the false, the true knowledge of God, so you've been led astray. And so you easily accept other gospels. You easily accept other people's teaching. You just take it in. It messes you up. You wonder why you're not. Have the ability to live. You can see how important it is that we preach and teach and walk in truth. Not my version of it. Not Flash Harry's version of it. God's version of it. Why? Because faith is the substance, the evidence of what you know. It's a tangible, living reality in you. And it's to grow. Now let's keep going. This is amazing. Um, Okay, here we go. Uh, Therefore God, this is in verse 16. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. (laughs) Do you know what city he's preparing for you? 
Man, really? Yeah. And he's not ashamed to have them call him their God. But check out verse 17, okay? By faith. Read what faith is again. You read it to me. By faith. Sorry, guys, you can't see. If you had faith, you could see that. <laughs> Just kidding. Just lightening the mood a bit. Okay, so here we go. See, by faith, by that, by that, Abraham. This makes it a bit interesting, doesn't it? By that, Abraham. Okay, by that, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up his only begotten son. When you're tested, what comes out? God says, I want you to start X. I want you to start Y. I want you to start doing A. How do you respond? See, God tests you and I, doesn't he? Is that part of your theology? That God will send tests to test you, to help you grow. Not to shame you, not to put you down, but to show you where you're truly at with him. Truly at in the maturity process. He will test you to help you. Like I do with my child, I test them to help them grow. I'll even lead them into situations that are going to test them. And God's no different. That's where that wisdom comes from. So by faith, when Abraham was tested by God, listen to what happens. Offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises. Oh, so you received the promises, what's written down, through the power of revelation. So when the test comes, you just offer it up. There is no real test. It's God asking you to be obedient. And you go, sure. Why? Because you're in faith. See, he'd received promises. He knew. Faith is knowledge. It's a knowing. It's having the evidence of what is already written and living in accordance to it. It's having the substance in you and going, well, of course. See, this wasn't even foreign to Abraham. In other cultures, they were giving up their kids as offering of worship to their gods. So he's even got that knowledge. He goes, well, yeah, okay, that, that's what's actually happening. It's not right how they were doing it, but he had a knowledge of that. But more than that, he's got a knowledge of promises because the man can see and receive in the Spirit. Because God has already spoken to him, hasn't he? Has the boy become king yet? How old is he? Anyone know about this age, how old he is roughly? Let's say somewhere between 14, I'm hearing 16, 20. I think he's about 14, 15. Let's say roughly. So he's not a little baby, but he hasn't become king. Sorry, he hasn't become, he hasn't become king, and the nations haven't yet come through, have they? But Abraham's got a word, hasn't he? And it's already written and spoken, isn't it? So the boy's not dying, is he? So do you think it becomes easy when you know he's not going to die to hand him over? If you know he's not going to die... Isn't it easy to hand him over? Isn't that faith? 
See, it's no longer, oh my goodness, oh maybe, oh I don't know. When you know that God can raise this boy from the dead, plus you've also been given a promise by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that this son is going to be out of him, the numerous nations are going to come through him. What's your problem? The natural response is faith. Because that's what just comes out. It takes the mystery out of it all. It takes the, ooh, we've been hoodwinked. Some of you look at me like, what? See, which one's more confident? Which one sounds the full position? Which position sounds it has life? You think God's this big mystery that he's unknowable. Yes, he is. No, he's not. What? I hope you can hear what I said. So look, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up, offered up Isaac, who had received, sorry, he who had received the promises, every promise is yes and amen. He received it. He didn't study it. He didn't try and understand it in his mind. He received it through the power of God, the word of God. So he's got a knowledge. He's got faith. It says by faith, by the knowledge of God that he has, by the evidence of what he's already received. Okay, let's keep reading. This just gets better and better. Who received it was offering up his only begotten son. Does that sound familiar? Oh, come with me to John. Come with me to John 8. <laughs> Get ready for this. This is so cool. John 8, 56. Is that what it is? John 8, 56. Yep. Okay. You ready? Your father, because this is Jesus talking to the, his disciples that said they believed, but actually there was something else going on. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. <laughs> okay. Let's get our heads around this. No, let's get our spirits around this. So Abraham is seized, Jesus, sees him die, sees him raised to life. And he's glad because there's no death in Christ. But Jesus isn't even around yet. It hasn't even happened. Yes, it is because it was already written before it ever was, it was. So he's looking at his own son because he's a type. It's only his begotten son. It's all typology going this boy is a type of your boy that all the nations and life's going to come through and all the life's going to come through your boy because he's going to take what's dead and bring it back to life. Oh, I get it now. Oh, amazing. This is an amazing plan. Wow. So he says, and he actually writes it down for you to get this, offering up his only begotten son. It was to he to whom it was said In Isaac, your descendants shall be called. Verse 19, he considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. There's no mystery in this. The man is in faith. The man has received what was written, already spoken. You will receive a boy. His name is Isaac. You will conceive him when you are 100 and when your wife is 90. Don't listen to her laughing. It's going to happen. 
Don't listen to the natural. See, when you listen to the natural, you write it off and it never happens. When you listen to the ears of the Spirit and the impossible, we're going to look at Romans, becomes possible. Now you have a confidence in Christ. You have an assurance in Christ. You have the evidence of Christ living in you. So God says, right now, do this, and you just do it. It's amazing. Clear, simple, but behind the simplicity is the power. Not only did he have a promise, God showed him the future. Just in case. Just in case you don't quite get the promise. I'm going to show you the future. I'm going to show you my boy, and he's going to raise from death to life. And this is what's going to happen with your boy. So live. Live. What are you afraid of? What are you in fear of? Why do you fear death when there is no death in Christ? Why do you fear lack when I'm the God of abundance? See, every promise, it's written. It is spoken. It is. And because it is, stop trying. Stop trying. Stop fighting. Stop trying to figure it all out and receive it through my power, through seeking me with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of you. It means putting down Facebook. It means turning the tally off. It means putting the magazines away. It means putting away your life and grabbing hold of the life that you were created for. It means turning. It means repenting. You have an opportunity. I have an opportunity today to discover a full, abundant life, but I won't find it unless I lose it for his sake. If you try and hang on to your life, you will never, trust me, you will never, ever receive the life that you were called to live, now and in the future. The time is ticking. It's now. The Bible says today, do not harden your your heart if you hear his voice today. Not tomorrow, today. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the people. He says, learn from the Israelites. Learn from them. Don't harden your hearts as if they did. Today is the day to hear. Just come with me to Romans and then we're finished. Romans 4. This just backs up exactly what we've been talking about and backs up Hebrews. Hebrew, sorry, Romans 4.13. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of what? Faith. Okay? Not through the law, through faith. Faith in who? Jesus Christ. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is nullified. So if it's about coming into the law, it's almost go home, pack your bags, finish, it's done. But it's not. It's through this. The life in Christ is through this. Okay. For this reason, it is by faith in order that it may be in accordance with grace so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. 
When he's talking about all, he's talking about you and me. Do you put yourself into those words? Or do you think he's talking about someone else? Okay. Listen to this. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you, in the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. In hope against hope he believed so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which he had, which had been spoken. Spoken. Written. It is written. It is spoken. So shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness, not now, not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also, to whom it will be credited as those who what? believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. You see, he looked at the natural and he said, yeah, man, I'm 100. And my wife's 90. I've been popping those blue pills and that ain't working. <laughs> It's over. But according to what is spoken, it'll happen. And it did. And in that, the man did not waver. Why? Because he had a knowledge of God. He was told. God spoke. He heard. He received. The word performed its work. And faith was birthed. So the last thing, faith is the substance, the evidence of the true knowledge of God one holds or has in accordance to what is written or spoken by God, things that are unseen. So it's like this. I step into there by the Spirit, I pull it out, and I eat of that yummy apple. Wow. I'm eating of the apple, and you're going, what are you talking about? I've used this analogy before. No one else has ever seen mobile phones. Don't even know what a mobile phone is. And yet I come or someone else comes and starts talking about mobile phones. The person is talking with you about a reality and you're going, what on earth is a mobile phone? You see, they see in the spirit, they receive in the spirit, they come back to earth and they share the good news about mobile phones. Maybe not Samsung 7s, but iPhones. <laughs> And all of a sudden, this person has talked to you about a reality they're living in, and it's for you. But you've got to go to the unseen realm to receive it, to figure out, man, he wasn't a nutter. He was talking about mobile phones, and I've seen them, and I've been using them. And all the benefits, you can text, you can now speak into it, it'll send this to you, it'll do this, it'll do that. It'll do... Man, life became easier but harder with mobile phones. 
You see, you're living from what's unseen to others, but seen to you. It just becomes the normal way of life. So now you become a living stranger and an alien on a country that's no longer your country because you're being unhooked from it, because you realize that you're looking and seeing for something far greater, which is called a heavenly country, called the kingdom of God there And I'm literally just a servant on earth because I'm laying my life down because the word of knowledge they have, which created faith, has stirred me so much to let go of everything I thought was life, grab hold of life, and now I walk differently. And that is for every single person who has put their trust in their faith and will do in Jesus Christ. It is not for special people. It is not for anointed people. It is for you and I. It's nothing short of breathtaking. So, Father, I pray for us, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will take the words, you'll unravel them, you'll bring it into a nugget that's so powerful, and as we eat it, we'll be different. I pray that we would seek you today. We wouldn't wait till tomorrow. We wouldn't make a New Year's declaration of then, but now, so we don't miss out and continue to just play with what's in front of us. It's too precious. You're too precious for that. And what you came to do and who you came to bring us into is too precious to ignore it, Father. So may today be the day that we turn. May today be the day that we just look fully into you and not be entangled in ourselves, but get free to look at you. And just start asking, seeking, and knocking. Asking, seeking, and knocking with perseverance. And you promise, and all your promises are yes and amen, to reveal yourself, which will birth faith. And so I ask this on behalf of us all. In Jesus' name, amen.